Hello, homies and homets. Welcome to the So Damn Productive podcast. I'm your host, Armand Kendri. And on this show, we interview the most productive of folk in India and ask them how the f*** they do it. You're about to listen to my conversation with Danvi Hans. She's a professional footballer and has played for some of the biggest clubs in England, such as Tottenham and Fulham, and now she's playing in India. She's also the co-founder of Sisters in Sweat, which is a community for women to get fit and healthy through sport. In this conversation, we covered everything to do with improving athletic performance, and she breaks down exactly what she does in the areas of training and fitness, as well as recovery, nutrition, and mental strength. So if you're looking to up your physical performance game, dude, I guarantee this podcast will not disappoint. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Dan Vihans. So Tanvi, dude, third time's a charm. Yeah. We, we've tried to get this going, but <laughs> I know it hasn't happened. This is the third time? I think the first one we tried at the hub, the second one we canceled. Yeah. And third time's good to go. Correct, yeah. Yeah. So, dude, I, I wanted to get into, for, for the listeners today, I wanted to make this kind of a a episode on becoming a better athlete, right? Like your story is probably the perfect case study for this because you went to Exeter and, and I'll include all this in the intro- introduction for the listeners. We won't really go too much into the story, but you went to the Exeter, you played college football and you decided to try out for some of the world's toughest clubs and you actually made it. And that involved, like we discussed in our last conversation, a lot of work to get there. And today's conversation is kind of going to be about after all of that and playing in India, what are you doing right now to constantly improve? Right. And the first thing I wanted to start with is age, dude, because we, you know, we talked about this in our last conversation as well. But I found it really interesting how you said that as you're getting older, you don't find a slowdown in performance. You actually find you're getting better. What what do you think about age in terms of professional um, sports and stuff? I think there is a lot of fear right about growing older especially in in sport because of the shelf life that an athlete has and there's this constant like um it's sort of ingrained in all of us that oh you're in your prime in your 20s you know you're young and 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 that sort of most clubs most teams look for young players as well so that they can mold them right um there is always this fear that's sort of pushed into you that as you grow older um you're basically likely to not be selected by certain teams or you're not the first choice and you know all those things so of course there is those things that always sort of are on my mind but the truth is um the biggest factor is the physicality right that's why people start thinking that you have younger players who are faster who are quicker who obviously are skillful and and they will be your replacement right Fortunately, I'm 31 now. I just turned 31 a month ago. I don't feel like I've slowed down at all. In Do fact, you feel I like think you're getting faster? I wouldn't say faster, but I would say that if I were to compete with myself in 19, 20, 21, 22 years, and I'm 31 now, I don't think that I would, I think I'd be equal, if not a couple of inches ahead, right? I really feel that way. And I'm not just saying that. Um, and that's probably because... Um, it's it is it's accumulated right over the years what I have learned from like I said various trainers I've had in different teams at different stages of of my career in different cities different parts of the world so it's sort of just been um, uh, an accumulation of all of that which I sort of imbibe in my training that I do now and I'm so well aware of my body and its limits and everything now yeah. um, which sort of has allowed me to stay at my optimal. 
uh, physical ability. Um, even now, like you can ask any of my Parikrama team girls, when we have our stamina tests or anything, I may not be number one, but I'll be number two, if not number one. Right. Right. I'll be and and by by that I'll be meters ahead of everybody else. Right. And these girls are literally from 16, 17, 18 to 23, 24. That's the average age we have in our team. And then there's me who's 31. And I'm still able to sort of be up ahead of everybody else by meters is saying enough, I think. On that, and I, I agree with you, but how are you able to sustain that, right? Because injury gets more often when you're older. Yeah. You, you usually fatigue quicker. It takes longer to recover. How are you delaying that aging process? Like, what are you consciously doing to do that? So, see, there is, I'm not going to lie, there's probably a lot of uh, the genes to play in this as well, because I do come from um, a Punjabi background. My dad has been an athlete, at least at state level. He was a tennis player for um, Punjab, I think, the under 16 or something. Uh, and he's always understood my passion for sport. Fortunately, because I have someone like him for a dad, he's been very encouraging. So I'm sure genes have some part to play in it because I've always been athletic since I was young, could pick up sports easily, really enjoy it till date, still play with the boys, still am good enough to play with the boys. So, um, so of course, I'm sure genes have a part to play, but obviously there's a lot of effort that has been put in through the years. And like I said, now that I am 31 and I've trained under different trainers, I know the kind of stuff that I enjoy. I know the kind of stuff that works for my body, be it nutrition or be it the, the hours of sleep that I need before training or before a match or, um, or the mental space I need to be in or the kind of exercises I need to do. Like I, I know, like, for instance, um, before a match day, um, there's certain exercises that I should be doing. If I do more than that, or if I do something different than that, it might actually affect me physically the next day. So that's because I've been training for so many years under different kinds of uh, trainers and stuff that I've understood my body. And maybe because of that education and that self-awareness, uh, I'm able to sort of maintain myself. Um, and the thing is that at least as far as India is concerned, because our football season is so sparse, it's literally we're engaged in competitive matches and leagues and, and tournaments. And I'm talking about national level for a maximum of four months, five months of the year spread out. So the remainder of the year is kind of just left uh, to the athlete to keep herself in form and to keep herself in shape. And I think that's where a lot of the Indian girls sort of lose out because they're not engaged in the sport for the majority of the year. So they lose that that uh, physical edge or, or, you know, the, the sharpness that you need on the field as well, um, which, you know, I have been very conscious of um, that even if we're not having a football league for girls or whatever, I'm engaged in the sport through the week doing my thing, even if it means booking a five-side ground, doing my individual training, or whether it means playing with boys like I did this morning, or whether it means playing the amateur league with, with the boys team, whatever it is, I need to stay in touch with the game. That's why by the time our leagues come around and our tournaments come around, I'm, I'm ready for it. You know, so that's definitely one of the big things that's helped me as far as the Indian football system is concerned and why it's kept me a step ahead um, than some of the local girls here. Let's go into, and I think that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, whenever I've played 11 aside football, like even if I train a fuck ton, right, even if I'm doing sprints every single day, all that kind of stuff, you're never you're never ready for the intensity of a game. Like when you're inside it, it's, it's a next level. And so I want to talk about those seven months out of the year, eight months out of the year that you're not actually playing. Um, what are you doing during that? Like, what does your weekly split look, out, like, look like in terms of workouts, 
training football? What, what do you, and, and also how are you setting goals to come up with first? Like for example, I want to improve my left leg. I want to improve my right leg. And then how are you basing your training off of that? Yeah. Um, okay. So for me, I think because of the lack of infrastructure, the lack of regularity in, uh, or the consistency that we have in our league structure here for women, Um, it really is up to me to keep myself in form, in shape, all those things and stay sharp on the ball, right? I have one broad box that I need to tick for those months when I'm not playing with the team. Uh, and that broad box is simply that I need to stay in touch with the sport and make sure that every week I'm doing something that's helping me maintain myself or get better. That could be a combination of uh, me doing individual training um, where I'm working on things like my weaknesses, like my left foot or whatever, um, combined with there will be a couple of days in the week where I will do strength training. Now, fortunately, because of Sisters in Sweat, Uh, if I'm allowed to name drop. Of course you are. Uh, because of, yeah, because of my women's community, Sisters and Sweat, we have a lot of offerings virtually as well as, um, uh, you know, as well as, well as physical sessions, um, which allows me again, stay engaged. And we have things from HIIT to dance to everything, which allows me to stay active, stay uh, mobile, stay flexible, stay, we have yoga, we have all these things. So in a way, it's a very robust Um, calendar, which allows me to work on different things like yoga would be flexibility and focus, uh, you know, uh, dance would be just a little bit of fun, agility, right? Um, cardio. Yeah. And then we have our physical sessions like this Friday, we have basketball in the morning. So even though it's not football, it works on my hand-eye coordination. It makes me, I'm going to be doing sprints there. So I get my bit, you know, um, sure. because of that. So My broad box is that make sure that whatever you do, you stay physically active through the week um, where you can do strength training as well. Uh, we have HIIT sessions we do as well, um, which Shweta usually handles. So that's sort of where my HIIT comes in. Sometimes I'll go and join her at, at her personal gym and do we'll do some weightlifting or whatever. Okay. So that sort of stuff. But the thing is that my weeks look very different from the other. Like one week might look different from the next. A few things might be consistent about it, but... Like I said, the only thing for me is that make sure that you're in touch with the sport, make sure that you're uh, working on your body every day. And yeah, and one way or another, because of maybe circumstances, maybe because of the resources I have, maybe because of the people that are coming in and out of my life, I'm every week might look different. Um, but I just need to make sure that I am, like last week I was in Mumbai the whole week. The hotel had a gym. Right. So then, so then of course it's, I'm not playing a sport that week, but I got to make sure that I'm doing something right. Um, so that sort of stuff is important to me. And that's, that's literally my mantra just to sort of make sure that I'm in touch with the sport, even when there's nothing really happening and making sure that I'm physically working on myself. So if you're, let's say you're one month out from the season, right? Yeah. You got to be in fucking peak physical yeah. shape. Yeah. What exactly are you doing? Do you have a regimen when it gets to that point of the year? Closer to the league, you're saying? Yeah. Closer to the... Um, Closer to so kickoff. usually about a month before um, a league kicks off, uh, if I'm being optimistic, um, the team that I'm playing for has already been decided. I've already become a part of, of their training. Oh, uh, you do schedule. trials every single year? I don't do trials. I've, no, but I, I could choose between teams. Oh, like if I okay. want to switch, like let's say from Parikrama, if I want to go to another team next oh. season... Um, I mean, that's something that I have to decide or whatever. Um, that decision ideally should have been made at least one month prior to the to the league so that I can start training with that team. 
Um, so yeah, one month prior, hopefully we've already started our team training. And then once team training starts, then honestly, it's pretty rigorous. At least this season when we had um, our Karnataka Women's League, the way that we trained was every single morning, at least five days a week. Um, and then, you know, our coach also organized for us to have ice baths and stuff after our matches. Um and so, yeah, in itself, once I'm in the league, then the, the team training is more than sufficient for me. What, what are you guys doing, like sprints? So it we actually completely depend on the coach and what he comes up with that particular day. And of course, they do come with, you know, a plan. Um, so uh, ideally, when we are a day, just a day away from a match um, or even a friendly match, um, Obviously, the amount of physical intensity of the session reduces. It's more about the technique, the tactical stuff, uh, making sure that we know how to do set pieces, maybe creatively think about certain set pieces, that sort of stuff as we're closer to a match. But maybe like two, three days prior uh, to a match, it would be a little bit more physical, physically intense. And I think one thing that is very common amongst a lot of Indian coaches is that they want us to run. They want us to like be physically like, you know, our stamina to be great. And the idea behind that is that they just want us to like run a lot. So there is always that. But yeah, I mean, I think uh, as far as technique and stuff on the ball is concerned, um, last year, because COVID was obviously um, around. Yeah. And we actually uh, decided to start our training early. I'm talking about our club team. Um, and we started virtually. So for almost two months, if I'm not wrong, we actually trained virtually as a team. Really? Yeah, where I literally, in that little space, I didn't have the mattress there, but that okay. in, literally in just that much space and everyone in their own homes yeah. would just tune in. Our coach would tune in. He'd tell us to do certain drills. Um, just on the spot, like, you know, uh, V-tap or laces tap, all that stuff uh, in a small space. What is a laces tap? You use your laces to... To tap the ball forward. Oh, you're actually using the football here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought it's just like fucking jumps and shit. Yeah, that as well. Yeah. There, there's a physical element to the session as well. But even even virtually, we were we, there was a ball involved in our training sessions. Um, that actually helped me sharpen up a little bit because that's a very confined space, as right. you can see. And I can imagine for anyone doing the training um, in their homes as well, all the players, if they were doing it well, they would have sharpened up as well. So, yeah, I mean, I think... It, it is, it's very hard to answer a question like that because you got to get creative, especially in times like this, right? With what you have, the resources you have. And um, and I think we've done well in that sense. And, and while that online period was happening where we were training online, that helped me sharpen up a little bit on the ball. Um, and then once we started getting back on the field, of course, with a lot more space, started working on uh, stamina and stuff again. So, yeah, I mean, I think... When I'm in season training with a team, mm -hmm. um, then my training is basically with the team mostly. Right. If I feel like, which is very rare that I feel like I need extra training on top of that, right. um, then I might just come home and, you know, do some weights and stuff like that mm -hmm. in, in addition to it. So, yeah. dude, I, I want to get a little bit more granular. Like, if you had to do one exercise mm -hmm. to get fit, like, to, to get in shape, especially before a season, like, yeah. especially in terms of, actual sprint capacity lung capacity all that kind of stuff what are you doing one thing see i love agility yeah i'm good at it i enjoy it it also has an element of endurance to it 
and speed to it uh, and explosive movement all of which you need in football so for me if i wanted to build stamina i'd do it around something i enjoy like that i'd me i have fortunately I have a lot of equipment because of sisters and sweat because i i also sort of always have had a lot of equipment with me and i get and i like getting more equipment so um i would probably build myself a very simple short circuit which would include um agility poles it would include um your 6 inch hurdles mm-hmm. things like that and i just do as many rounds of that as i can do because that covers a lot of movement that you need um in a game you know so within that circuit it could be literally within a five side ground sure. this is your starting point the opposite end is the finishing point and in between your starting and finishing i'll have a number of markers where i'll do zigzag movement i might i might do a forward backward t movement um jump over hurdles all that included in this little circuit which will be very true to a football game Yeah. um and then just do that again and again and again and again till you can like when do you know when to stop i would actually okay, i'm very i push myself a lot that's okay. the thing so in my head i'll give myself a number when when i'm sort of designing this on paper i'll be like okay tanvi um you have to finish 20 sets of this back to back and then we'll try and do back to back as in no rest as an example yeah 20 reps of this back to back just as an example or let's say 12 reps of this back to back you do three sets in total now knowing tanvi tanvi will never do 12 she'll never be satisfied after finishing 12 yeah. i'll go up to 15 i know i'll go up to 15 every time like i know it so i always end up doing extra reps so even the target i set for myself i always end up doing more because my my head is just not satisfied So I'll keep doing more and then I'll reach a point that okay fine I need to do two more sets now so okay fine let's stop at 15 let's do 15 of the next and then maybe I'll push it to 17 in the third set. What does that feeling feel like at that point cuz you know I think you know we we've discussed feel and stuff before and that's super important for anybody you know regardless of you training for you know to be a professional athlete or whatever you're doing right you need to know when to tailor back and stop or else you're going to fuck yourself over for the next week of training right. Yeah. So what is that feeling of I'm tired as hell. Yeah. But I have a little bit more to go and I need to take a little break. What what is that? If you could kind of describe it in words, where do you stop? See, there is that you need to be there needs to be part of you that has to be practical as well and needs to be sensible. Now, if I know I have a, a another strenuous training session tomorrow morning and it's evening time right now and I'm here doing circuits back to back, I know that I need to stop at I've said 12 to myself I need to stop at maximum 13. Um I'll also let my body tell me. You know, if I've reached 13 and I'm like okay that's good enough, let's just do 13 in the next one and 13 in the, in the third one and we're done. Um if I know there's nothing happening tomorrow, I've got a day off tomorrow, I've got maybe two days off whatever, I'll push myself to the extent that I can. So that comes with the awareness of also you need to know your schedule, you need to know what the next day looks like. And if you do that sort of helps you taper. Okay. Um so that's what it is for me. But do you ever go so let's say there's like a 1 to 10, 1 is like you had a very extremely light workout and 10 is like you're fucked for 2 days. Mm-hmm. How often are you hitting that 10 number? Uh 10 being that I'm fucked for 2 days. Yeah, you're exhausted as hell, you can't do anything more. At least once a week. Yeah, at least once a week. Yeah. Wow. Cuz dude, I find like and I've been reading a lot recently like hitting that 10 number, yeah. at least for me, I find that yeah, I can work out again in 2 days. Mm-hmm. And then I I want your opinion here, but I feel like I'm still when I come back, I'm still like a little bit slower. 
you know, I, I still don't, I still feel like it takes me almost a week to get back to where I'm fully fresh, ready to go. Right. How are you? And that's kind of going into recovery. How are you recovering after that? What exactly are you doing the next day to get back? So, you know, I have never shied away from giving myself the rest I need. Um, I know a lot of people think that, especially because uh, I'm able to run as much as I do and have the speed and stuff still, a lot of people, I think, assume that I'm literally training six to seven days a week. This is not true. How many days a week are you training? If I can, I do four to five days and that's sufficient for me. That's really good. Yeah. And I need I need those, you know, two, three days, two days off at least, right? I need it. Um, and when I take a day off, I take a day off. Like I'm not looking to then go on a light jog somewhere or something like that. It's rest, rest means rest. Because um, like I said, with age, that self-awareness, my connection with my body, understanding it has grown a lot. So I know I understand my body um, needs rest at this point. So I'll give it complete rest, you know, and I won't feel guilty about it. I think a lot of people feel that guilt. Um I think for me, that guilt only seeps in when it's been two, three days. Then it starts to like, fuck, no, 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 I get back on the field. Yeah. Yeah. But for that one day, I have no guilt. I know I need it and I'll I'll completely do absolutely nothing besides my regular, whatever, my daily routine, whatever. Um, So for me, that has been uh, because I understand that and I don't feel guilty about days off and and things like that. I think I've I've been able to understand recovery and um, understand the kind of food as well that um, that works for me. Right. right? Um, I, I think there are a few, uh, rule, what is it called? Rule of thumb. Yeah. Rule of thumb. Yeah. A few things, um, that I follow, um, which helps, uh, if I've had a, I, and I think most people would know this if they've been in fitness at all. Sure. Um, is that after the training session, obviously your protein intake needs to grow, uh, to help you recover. Uh, and right before a very intense session or a very intense match or whatever, your carb in, your carb intake would increase, right? right? So the, literally these are the two things I think about. Um, and when I'm not in season, then I'm just conscious of the calorie intake that I have. Right. So let's talk on, on protein first, because I, I like that we're moving into diet. What is your, are you supplementing or using foods? Are you vegetarian or non-vegetarian? What does that look like? I'm non-vegetarian. Like I said, I'm Punjabi, so I'm hardcore non-vegetarian. Um, I have no problem eating anything, literally nothing. Like I've had octopus legs and all also. I do totally that shit too, yeah. I've had fucking, have you ever had insects before? No, I haven't. Had like insects. cockroaches and shit. No, have you? Yeah, it's disgusting. Like in Thailand, you have this shit all over the yeah, place. Yeah, it's like street food, right? Street yeah. food, and you have fucking scorpions. I had a scorpion once. I've not Very had that stuff. Drunk moment is regrettable. But what is your? What are you usually eating on a weekly basis? Um, so again, it changes a little bit if I'm in season or if I'm off season. Again, my off season, I'm just taking care of my training, my stuff. Uh, obviously, calorie burn during matches and during season is a lot more. Um, so my protein intake obviously increases then. So for instance, this past um, season, uh, when we were in season, I, I got... Um, uh, a nutrition brand on board, uh, two nutrition brands on board, in fact, uh, to so- sponsor our team. One of them being Strive, which is a plant-based protein. It's a small uh, plant, it's plant-based protein. So if there were any vegetarians in our team as well, so they, they wouldn't have a problem with it. Um, and everyone had to have a bottle. And it's only it's only literally 250 ml, it's not that much. Had to have a bottle after training, after matches. Um, and then the other uh, company was Soulful, which basically has your, 
granola, granola bars and your um, your muesli and stuff. And then every player was given like this huge bag of muesli that they had to have if they wanted to have before their trainings and okay. stuff. Um, so that's important, I think. Personally, uh, stuff like protein shakes and stuff, um, I think it's helpful because, see, I'm staying on my own. We have one lady who comes and cooks for me. I don't have the comfort of being home where I can be served food the moment I'm home. So something like a protein shake is convenient. It sort of covers those, uh, you know, well, the necessary calories that I need right after. It's also in liquid form, which helps, um, which helps a little bit with the, the hydration aspect as well. Um, because one thing I feel more than anything else is dehydrated right after. Right, right after a serious 90-minute match or after it's intense uh, training session. So for me, hydration is super important. So um, if I am to have a protein shake, um, the quantity of water that I have with the protein powder is quite a bit so that my hydration is covered along with the, the protein aspect. And then I'll carry on through the rest of the day eating my usual food. Um, and that fortunately has worked enough for me. Um, maybe just before matches, uh, the night before, um, I would have a carb heavy dinner, which I wouldn't have off season. Well, what does that look like? What is a carb heavy dinner? A pasta okay. or, or a rice based meal. Um, uh, maybe some fish in there, maybe some chicken in there. Um, yeah. So something, yeah. That, and, and do you, do you eat much on the day of game day? Like for example, if your game is at two, yeah. how, how are you eating before that? So I need my stomach to be empty. I need my Me stomach too. to be, I really can't play on a full stomach. Um, so I need maybe a couple of hours gap between, um, at least two to three hours gap between my meal, uh, being a solid meal uh, and my game, if it's a midday game. Otherwise, if it's an early morning game, for me, the dinner needs to be super heavy. And then just before I leave uh, for training, I'll obviously have banana. Maybe I'll have a quick peanut butter sandwich or something like that. Got it. It's good enough for me. And just before I get on, I'll have a small chocolate or something like that. That's good enough. That's certainly not a meal by itself, but it, it gives me the energy I need. But if it's a midday match, um, that meal needs to be heavy uh, and it needs to be at least two, two, two and a half, three hours before the match starts. Because I need to be completely light. I need to feel light when I'm on on the field. Yeah. Um, so yeah, does that answer the question? Yes, yeah. that, that answers the question. <laughs> yeah. And dude, I, I wanted to ask you also, we were talking about hydration and stuff. Um, on water intake, because I found that for my training, water has been a huge difference in how I perform and how often I can work out. Which at the end of the day is the name of the game, right? If you can work out more, you can do more, you'll improve more, you'll reach your goals faster. Well, what does your like water intake look like? How, how much water are you drinking a day? Are you using electrolytes, all this kind of stuff? Um, again, during off season, I don't. Right. But the one thing I do, which is a ritual is like I said, the first thing I do when I wake up is have like half a liter um, of water. I have a liter big bottle next to my bed. Yeah. So uh, the night before, like the night I'll have like half the liter. Yeah. The morning I'll wake up, have half the liter. And obviously through the day, I'll keep sipping on water or some form of liquid. Got it. Um, I, I don't know exactly how much I must be having through a day, um, but I'm hoping it's between two liters to three liters, I hope. Right. In a day. Mm -hmm. And um, that's that's quite a lot of water. Like most people won't be drinking that much because water. Because it's so important in the recovery process. It really is. Yeah. Um, because of the simple reason that, you know, there is oxygen. It's H2O, right? There is oxygen in there, which you need, which the muscles need. Right. 
to sort of get ready for you know the next day so so, so then on caffeine though because that's that dehydrates you and whatever how much coffee are you drinking or, or what's your caffeine of choice uh my caffeine of choice because mm, it could I be like, tea it could be whatever yeah, it is. yeah yeah so i like coffee okay um to be honest i've always had cold coffee since really? i was yeah, yeah, yeah i've always had cold coffee since i was a kid so it's a bit of a habit right um so if someone offers me cold coffee i will never say no even if even if i'm like full <laughs> you know i love cold coffee it's one of my weaknesses but um now that i have matured a little bit um Pretty much what you're having right now. A French press coffee is my choice right now. Um, and usually not a lot. I think this cup I got for myself is because this is sufficient for me. I'll enjoy it. Maybe I'll have it with a cookie or I'll have it with a banana or something. Right. Um, and that's good enough. I, I like to enjoy it, have that much and I'm good. Maybe one cup, max two if I really need to. Um, but that's it. A day. And it's black coffee. It's not, I don't even add sugar to it. Yeah, because I think, you or know, milk. that that's the problem in India, dude. Everybody yeah. fucking adds like milk, milk and, sugar, and sugar. And yeah, then they yeah. have like three or four of those. And you're, you're wondering why you're putting on weight. It's because of that. Um, but I wonder, dude, do you have any like foods that you say absolutely no to? You'll never touch regardless of what the situation is? Yes. I think alcohol by default because I just don't enjoy it. Yeah. I've tried everything, um, which works well for me because, I mean... I, I simply don't. So one is alcohol. I really don't like having aerated drinks. So your Cokes, your Fantas, your Limka, Sprites. If I really have to have it, if there's no other choice, then I'll have it. Um, or if it's like some special occasion or whatever. But honestly, it's I, I really don't have that stuff. Yeah. Um, apart from that, obviously, I fortunately don't have any bad habits either like smoking and all that i don't do it i don't even think i've held a cigarette in my hands really yeah your entire life you haven't tried no, one puff no why just I like haven't. you you're not even curious at all i i'm just not attracted to it yeah i can understand if there is a curiosity i understand if if there is uh, i've just never had that feeling mm. um so in fact when people smoke around me as well i'm not that comfortable i fucking hate it dude the other week I was at a restaurant and sorry, this is a tangent, but this dude, he's, he's with his girlfriend or whatever. Yeah. He puts a cigarette down on his cup or whatever it is. And it's just pointed right at me. I'm like, are you fucking serious? Did you say something? I, I you know, I kind of just like moved it. And yeah. Then, Cause you know, fuck it. Um, but that, that I, I hate like cigarette and I actually kind of get sick. Like I get a little bit sick when I smell yeah, a lot of smoke. F- I don't know what it is, but the smoke sort of sits in my throat for a while and I hate that feeling. Yeah. So if someone is like smoking, I I try not to be in that situation too much. Um, I have nothing against the people that are doing it, yeah. but I just I'm not comfortable with the smoke. No, I feel it. you. Yeah. I, you know, one yeah. of the best footballers I've ever played with back yeah. in Thailand. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how the fuck he did this, but we'd play one half. He'd fu- and before game he's already smoked. Mm. At halftime he's he's mm. smoking in and he's like, dude, it opens up my lungs and without it I can't run. It's fucking insane. It's probably in his head. Yeah, it's completely in his head. <laughs> but there are a lot of people like that. Even like if you play amateur football now, the men's amateur football, um, you'll notice a lot of the boys and the men that are playing have this habit. Like they'll play a full 90-minute match and then you'll see them next to their car at the afterwards yeah. after they cool down just, you know, puffing away. Yeah. 
and then you'll hear them complaining through the match and stuff about how they don't have stamina anymore <laughs> they can't run anymore obviously yeah, obviously it's going to catch up at some point so yeah but a lot of people do that a lot i've seen so many people even this morning when i went to play really but dude um i i want to get on to the mental bit of of football and and you know physicality and i kind of want to start when we've we've touched there but i want to start on understanding your body and understanding we we've talked about when to go when to stop but i want to talk about the process of actually learning how to understand your body and the reason why i ask this is recently this has been a big topic for me to try and get better at and what i've learned is you know if i don't work out without headphones i'm actually able to feel my body and understand okay this specific muscle is being overused this specific muscle is not working well blah 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 how have you gone about trying to create that connection between your muscle and your mind all that kind of stuff what are you doing i think see pain is something that we are all susceptible to so the moment something starts feeling sore or something is paining or there's an ache even a slight ache um i think one thing i've learned is that never underestimate a slight ache it could grow into a lot more if you don't take care of it right so um i think because i've understood that over the years um i i sort of respect the process it takes um to make sure that it doesn't aggravate um or that i'm working on it even though it might be like a small little thing um like just as an example um i had a, i had the whole week last week in mumbai right so i didn't get to really play a lot and now all of a sudden yesterday i was playing with a bunch of guys and we played for an hour and a half so technically it was a little bit uh, intense on my body right uh, because it's been a week over a week or whatever um and i jumped into sport and i could feel yesterday through the day that my groin area was hurting both sides and immediately i understood okay um this part is sore it must be because i jumped into sport after a week um and i played for a good hour and a half i know i saw the number of calories i burnt i mean i went all out so completely understood that immediately and then today when i went to play i made sure my cool down was double the length of the cool down i did yesterday right right because i understood that okay my otherwise if i'm playing again next week i'll be in a similar situation i don't want that happening so it's just simple things like that just knowing that okay this is sore um and i know what to do i know the exercises i need to do the cool down exercises i need to do the stretches i need to do for that area i'll do it for longer than i did yesterday because clearly i was sore after yesterday so it wasn't sufficient So today I'm not. I'm not as sore as I was yesterday because I did a longer cool down. So it's simple stuff like that. It's just you need to understand which part of your body is if at all um feeling uh, out of place or whatever and then you got to know the things. I think when you're initially getting into sport or whatever, you're in the hands of your trainer or a professional and you need to sort of really be a sponge when you're with them because you're not always going to have them tied to your hip right for the rest of your career so wherever you can learn through the process and understand okay this exercise is good for this area of the body okay this this is because okay i've got a bit of a hunch now how do i work against that or whatever little things like that you need to sort of really pick it up because when you're on your own and when you don't have the assistance of professionals around you right you sort of need to find um ways to deal with it you know um just as a tiny example from today um so yeah i think with with experience and stuff you'll see a lot of trainers as a uh, lot of players as well like if you see 
Messi or you see Ronaldo and stuff, they have a gym at home, yeah. right? And they don't always have a professional standing in their gym telling them, oh, uh, Ronaldo, do this now. <laughs> no, he knows what to do. Yeah, yeah. Because the, with experience, he's understood, okay, this is what I need to do. This is the part of the body I'm focusing on today um, because he's done it enough, right. right? And so have all the players. So it comes with experience. You get to know what you need to do to stay sharp, to stay at the top of your game. Yeah. So it, it is about, about sort of the accumulation of of education I would say that you've had through your career but as you're younger as much as you can be like a sponge try and sort of take uh, learn what you can from the trainers you have around you and hopefully you have good professional professionals around you to teach you and not teaching something incorrect yeah which most you know most of us like for example when I first started working out um, I learned from there's this thing called p90x have you ever heard of it yeah yeah so that was my first like even touching of working out, right? Like before that, it was just all sports, pure play. And um, this this program is like, you know, biceps, triceps, shoulders. There's some cardio and stuff involved, but like if you're trying to improve your athletic ability, it took me like fucking years to realize, well, you dude, your biceps don't help football. And like that kind of stuff and, and getting your form right from the beginning, like you're saying, because if your form is fucked, that's going to screw you over for a long time coming because you will gain injuries. And um, another thing that, that has helped me and I want, want to ask if it works for you is I've understood what my more of what my body should feel like when I've done yoga the few times I've done it. Right. Because I understand like, OK, this is what a loose hip feels like. Has it been the same for you? Yeah, definitely. Um, and, you know, I've been fortunate to have um, exposure to different trainers, uh, football and, um, you know, fitness trainers, but also different forms of activity and, and be it yoga, be it dance, be it HIIT, be it um, climbing or be it cycling. These all these all basically work on different um, abilities of your body, right? Um, and because of that, it sort of makes you aware of, I don't know, just different, um, I don't know how else to put it, but basically yoga, just take yoga as an example. Sure. Um, there are certain things that our yoga instructor uh, does and makes it look so easy. Yeah. And I'm like just trembling, okay? Uh, but the thing is that um, clearly she has a very strong core. Clearly she has a lot of flexibility. And these are things that are important in sport. For sure. Right? And even though... I have worked for so many years on my physical ability and um, yes, I have a strong core. Yes, I have flexibility. I can still reach my toes very well. My forehead still reaches my knees. All that's great. But then take it to the next level where this yoga instructor can do far more than I can do as far as flexibility is concerned. Right. Um, just being able to challenge yourself in areas that may not be um, your sport, yeah. but will definitely amplify your performance in sport. Um, yoga is a, one very big thing that I would definitely recommend to all athletes. And I'm sure a lot of people do have it in their schedule as well. Right. Their training schedule, something. How like has it helped? Like what exactly does it do? I mean, you sort of said it yourself, right? So you definitely have a greater connection with your body because I think um, up until you sort of engage in activities that are not your sport, but are physical, like yoga, like cycling, like climbing, you don't actually challenge or are aware of how much you actually can improve, right? Otherwise, in your head, you're like, oh, I'm great footballer. I, I can sprint. I can. Yeah. I have great stamina. Um, I'm even, even able to hold off a ball against an opponent, so I'm physically strong. 
it's all there and then you end up doing yoga and you're fucking like trembling and yeah, you're like shit dude. dude i thought i had great hips but yeah. i clearly have potential to grow right and and these sort of areas if you can sort of challenge yourself um which comes with exposure to new activity um if you can challenge yourself then that's really when you start understanding that okay i can push myself further further and that will only help me um in in my football career or in my sport career and and also then help me with um a longer career right um because i think one of the biggest things that we end up losing with age is flexibility mm-hmm. because i think um yeah one of the things that you end up why you end up losing speed with age or why you end up losing um uh you know certain mobility with age is because of flexibility but if you're able to do things like yoga or activity that may not be just your sport but activities that might challenge different aspects that you use in your sport um and that's really when you are um allowing yourself to um have a longer career to sort of work on your physical aspects that will help you um i don't know how to explain it but did you see our um uh, javelin throw yeah the uh, the winner yes yeah so if you saw see it's basically an upper body um activity right what he's doing um which has a lot to do with you know your chest your shoulder everything your hips as well though right yes if you saw the drills that he did did you see the kind no, of drills he did no. was mostly lower body stuff mm. which is probably not directly related to uh yes hips for sure but maybe not directly related to his particular activity of throwing a javelin but he's working on things that are related to and will definitely heighten his performance right so i think that's kind of how you need to if you really want to push your physical ability or your ability on the field and in your sport there's so many things that you need to do outside of your sport uh, and not just gym not just gym i think But gym like, is just doing gym by itself is like a super wrong thing for people to do cuz for example if we take ronaldo right yeah you look at that guy he's like a fucking physical specimen right mm-hmm. but he's not particularly big in any area right yeah. like he's lean he's lean yeah but his shoulder muscles will match the fl- strength of his core muscles for example mm-hmm. it's all balanced it's yeah. not like one thing you know his biceps are huge or anything yeah, like that yeah. so th- that that's a huge thing i think for like y- your overall um ability to stay injury free yeah. and and on this yoga thing that you're saying dude like as well like you think your hamstrings or whatever are fucking flexible yeah, exactly. but they're not they're not they're not yeah. and then uh, you you'll think that you you can do like um Uh, a deep squat uh but your yoga instructor doing it far longer than you then it's a big question mark it's like hello yeah, right. <laughs> like i know you're a great footballer but if she can do it you got to get there as well right or at least push challenge yourself in this way yeah. um so little things like that so i think um for any athlete uh if you really really want your optimal performance or reach a point where you are actually like at your optimal you need to engage in activities outside of your sport and not just in the gym right. but um it'll really help you sharpen up everything that you need uh, be it your muscles or be it skills and stuff your hand eye coordination if you play squash and stuff like that sure um all that really helps overall with um, your performance on the field it also keeps it fun yeah you know that the element of fun needs to be there otherwise it's just boring hitting the gym every day and then 
you know, seeing the same faces again. It's just, you need to do, you need to change it up every now and then. And yeah. join sisters in sweat. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Link in the description <laughs> box below. The, the only thing that I wanted to cover um, in, in this conversation, one more thing is the confidence aspect in, in the mental side of the game, right? Like, I think, you know, even at small time games, right? All of us who are playing just for fun. Yeah. When you fuck up, right? You missed a easy opportunity or, you know, you're just having a game where your touch is off, right? And this can apply to any sport, anything you're doing. Uh, it's very easy to like move to the corner and stop touching the ball as much, right? But I think what you see with some of the best athletes, like, like when you see Ronaldo, he kind of fucks up a lot in a game yeah. if you watch him. Yeah. But he's constantly like, give me the ball, give me the ball. Um, how have you kind of approached that? Cause it's not easy at all to, yeah. after you fuck up to keep going. See, I think I could definitely tell you what I do, but the truth is that I feel every athlete has their own process and their own, own things that they do. Um, you know, like you'll notice before matches, some people like listening to music, so they'll have their headphones on. I'm one of those players. So I like listening to music. What are you listening to? Um, it's probably some pop hit or something. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I, I like listening, but it needs to be a little pumpy. Yeah. Um, so that I'm just in that, like, you know, I want to. You're hype. You're yeah, ready to yeah, go. I'm hyped. I'm hyped. Um, so for me, like something like that is important to stay focused and ready for the game. Um, on field, if there's a mess up or um, any, let's say an embarrassing moment or yeah. whatever. You missed whatever. an open goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Um, like I said, everyone probably has their own process, but I think um, you have to have that quick mental conversation with yourself and sort of center um, yourself to the purpose as to why you're on that field. Right now, if I'm the captain of the team, mm -hmm. there is no way that I can sort of just suddenly dim down because of that stupid moment right um because the team sort of depends on me and the truth is everyone depends on each other in a team sport yeah, football right especially so, yeah and they they always say right that you're only as strong as your weakest link there is no way that i would allow myself to be the weakest link just because of a stupid moment because football is full of moments right some of them are going to be great some of them may not be great Again, to be very honest, a lot of the confidence and being able to snap out of that comes from experience, which is why um, the younger you are able to play more matches and throw yourself in complicated situations, in situations which you may fail or you may have embarrassing moments, um, the younger, the better, because you know how to snap out of it by the time you're ready for your senior team. Sure. Right? Um, which is why they like scouting pl uh, players young, which I get. Yeah. This is one of Makes the many, sense. many reasons. Yeah. So it is a matter of experience. It is a matter of understanding what you, um, what your process is and being able to snap, because you need to snap out of it quickly. You don't yeah. have too many minutes to sort of, uh, to sort of, lay in that thought and be like oh shit this happened oh my god they might be saying you can't do that you really can't especially when you come into a position like mine when you've now grown into a, a senior player yeah i'm not someone who's just beginning and then i have the option of you know it You're doesn't matter forgiven yeah exactly yeah oh she's a newbie so it's okay she's yeah. she'll, she'll grow no now she's a senior player now she doesn't have that much space to uh to mess up and if she does then she needs to snap back into place so um it i have these mental conversations with myself like within seconds what and that's happened like? over years it's literally like okay fine if 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 i miss an opportunity it would just be me in my head so i'm continuing with the game i've been
very aware of what's going on still in the game so I'm still very present but I'm still very conscious of of the moment that's just gone by and I'm just getting over it with with literally saying um that hunts it's fine it's fine um get the ball get the ball you know little things like that or I'm just like it's okay get it you know, you can make up for it. There's still lots of time to go. And then I'll sort of buck everybody else up. Whatever it takes, right. sort of get out of that moment. Um, you call yourself by your last name when you're speaking to yourself? On the field. I think yeah. a lot of, yeah. Hans Otanvi. <laughs> I do. I do. I definitely call myself in my head by my name. By your name, yeah. really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. That's interesting. But dude, I think that's, uh, you know, it's it's so much ex- with experience because it's, it's super tough like, like, have you ever missed a penalty or something like that in a big game where it's like, you know, you're, you're like, fuck, like you, it's so hard to get back into the flow of the game because you keep thinking about it. But like you said, it comes with experience. If you keep doing it, keep putting yourself in those situations, yeah. then, then you can come back from it. Um, yeah. Which is why I think um, it's so important that in, in training sessions with your team or whether you're playing with a bunch of boys whatever those are the moments you need to take those take those risks right like use your left foot yeah so what if you look stupid yeah right or or use or or attempt something that you may never in 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 a match right now but do it and hey if you're successful it'll give you that confidence to do it in a match right um so a lot of it also has to do with your prep for the matches um and that comes from throwing yourself in the deep end in training sessions, in situations where you're okay, you need to be okay to look stupid. Yeah. Um, so that in matches where it really matters, if that situation occurs, you've gone through it. You know, you've thrown yourself there enough times to be like, okay, fuck it, let's move on. So it really does, honestly, we're creatures of habit, right? So if we sort of just keep doing the same thing again and again, and f- we'll find our way out of situations, we'll find it. So it's just about that, that muscle memory, we'll just remember, okay, fine, you fucked up. Cool, move on, move on. Do you ever, like, if, if somebody else really fucked up badly, do you ever go like, yo, like, what was that shit? Or uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You do? I do, I do. <laughs> I do, and I think, um, in fact, last season I was apparently very bad. I, I have to admit I was with <laughs> yeah. my team. Um, uh, and I actually don't have an anger problem or anything like that. But last season, for whatever reason, I was very loud on the mm-hmm. field and I was very hard on the team. Um, and I would actually like jump on players if if like in game. Um, vocally, yeah, if they've messed up for no, like just receiving a simple pass or messing up little things. Right. Yeah. yeah. It just makes everyone else have having to work a lot harder just for the the small little error, which could be very basic. So yes, I went very heavy on the team last season, but this particular season, I was very conscious of it um, uh, because I know that it could it could sort of bring down the morale of the players and stuff. Did um, you did you watch the Last Dance, Michael Jordan documentary on no, Netflix? No, I haven't seen it. What the? I I want to. I want to. Dude, that's today. Dude, it's such a good documentary, and and Michael Jordan was like the biggest asshole to his teammates, like in training. But, you know, that also gets, that's why he won six championships and is probably the best player ever. Yeah. Um, but it, so see, it's a, it's, it's a very fine balance, yeah. especially when you're leading a team or one of the senior players. Um, you're sort of setting the energy of the team, right? So to a very large extent. Um, so 
it is important to understand the kind of players that you're dealing with. Some of them do well with negative motivation. Some of them do well with positive motivation. Yeah. Now, if you go and jump down the throat of every single player, they all may not receive it the same way. Some of them might be motivated to play better. Some of them may be like, fuck, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah, fuck this I'm person. Done. I know, yeah, I don't like this team for anymore. For sure. And you don't want that kind of a yeah. player, right? You don't want that kind of an energy into the team. Uh, and you certainly don't want to be responsible for that energy, yeah. right? So... It is. It does become a bit of a balance, and I think that's why this season I was very conscious. I actually spoke to a few of the younger players. I was like, "I'm so sorry if I if I did this." Um, and and this season I was so much more conscious of it, um, and I made sure that I spoke to or interacted with every player, particularly. Um, at least as best as I could with that particular personality, the way that I could at least off the field. Um, because team chemistry is super important. Huge. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I have definitely yelled, and I think I, I, it's because I, I am a little bit tough on. I have expectations. Right. Okay. I mean, I mean, who wouldn't? Right. Yeah. Which captain wouldn't yeah. want to enter the field having won, uh, or having put up a great performance or a great fight? Right? right. So I do have expectations, not just from the team and from the my teammates, um, but even from myself. A lot of it is. So if I mess up, I am hard on myself, but I also know that in that moment I can't dwell in that in that feeling. Um, so yeah, I think I do have very high expectations, which is why perhaps I. I'm able to um, get to the level you yeah. are. I said it because I knew you didn't want to say it. You were like dancing around it. <laughs> well, dude, I think uh, that is an awesome place to wrap up. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Um, you know, we're, we're going to p- cut out, put up little snippets from training, recovery, nutrition, mental on Instagram and stuff. So yeah, everybody, thank you so much for listening. I do want to add that yeah. um, I think the mental aspect of the game, according to me, um, is actually far greater than the physical one. Really? Um, I think that what separates a good athlete in any sport from the very best athlete in that sport is the mentality. It is the mental space that they're able to reach. Um, that is really what separates. I mean, look, it's not, it's not, Ronaldo's not an ordinary person. No, he's a psychopath. Yeah. yeah. Even Messi. Yeah. Ve- even if you like, the way that they're on the field, they're diff- they're hard on themselves. You can see that they are. They're not happy with mistakes they make, sure. and 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 um, to be able to produce that level of performance for over a decade, okay, forget about one season. Being able to do it consecutively for all matches in one season is enough. Right. But then being able to do it over a decade, and you have very few athletes that have reached such an elite space, None. right? In in tennis or yeah. in whatever, there is a difference in their mental space their mental um ability as compared to the next best person or or the next few best people um and that next best person could be doing the same physical routine that this other person is doing but they have that little bit of sharpness over them because of the mental mental space and that's why i really feel that the mental aspect of the game should not be underestimated at all even if it means that you know because there are a lot of sports psychologists and therapists now that work with teams professional teams I, I think that we haven't reached, we maybe won't reach that stage for many years, right. at least in women's football in India, where we have literally a, a mental uh, therapist just for our team. Uh, but wherever you can sort of um, build your confidence, where you can sort of work on the mental side of your game, um, it can really help you reach like another level. Because 
it doesn't just show in the game it shows in your training and if you if you have that kind of a, a mentality in your training you're pushing yourself harder than anybody else for sure if you're pushing yourself harder than anybody else you'll perform better than anybody else it all sort of just goes in like a cycle right so i think for me if you ask me yes sport is a very physical activity but if it's actually according to me more of a mental if you really want to reach that elite space that be remembered as an elite the very best it's it's it comes into the mental space then for sure and i think i think that applies to literally every field like the top of the top in every field whether it be messi ronaldo federer all these there's and, and steve jobs all this kind of shit right they're all psychopaths like to give up what they've given up to put in that kind of work to push past that pain threshold you have to be a little bit crazy and you know obviously not everybody wants to be that not everybody wants to be the top of the top because it takes a ridiculous amount actually that's there. not true i think everybody wants to be the top but they're not willing to put in that kind of work yeah. and they're not willing to to sort of reach that space where there are so many failures that there are so many rejections and being able to come out of that stronger you know um so yeah i think a lot of people say i want to be the best in the world i want to be the best in in the city or i want to be the best this thing but they won't put in the work yeah. um in fact uh, will smith uh, put out a video a few months ago i had seen it he said exactly this he said so many so many of my fans come up to me and say you know i want to be just like you i want to be you know the best uh, actor in the world whatever it is um but they just don't they'll say it they'll put in some work but they just don't do that extra mile you know they won't they won't be willing to wake up every morning to do that extra mile you know because that is what makes the difference that extra mile and will smith is motivating as hell right like he he has all these videos on youtube like just like you're saying and it's like he's he's put in the term like you know if we're going to run on a treadmill you versus me yeah, yeah. you know i'm going to die before or i'm going to yeah, beat you yeah and yeah that meant, i saw this in video really like it that yeah. killer mentality yeah. is but i i do think it's not for everybody because you know will smith probably gave up a lot of his life at a certain point and so do all of these athletes and i agree everybody wants to be at that level but it's it's a lot it's impossible for a lot of people to to actually put in that kind of work because um you have to prioritize and shit like that mm. but dude anything else you want to add before we wrap no, up no i think that's it i think that's covers everything awesome Thank you everybody for tuning into this podcast. Tanvi, where should they go to follow you? Uh my Instagram. I am most active on my Instagram. What's your Instagram? Uh Tanvi Hans. So that's T A N V I E. Yeah. H A N S. Cool. And link will be in the show notes below. Thank you Tanvi. I really enjoyed this. Yes, likewise. Awesome. See you guys. See you all in the next one. Thank you for listening to the So Damn Productive podcast, dude. I hope you took some notes from this conversation with Danvi because trust me, if you stick to even 10% of how she trains, you will definitely be fitter and healthier as a result. Now into my unsolicited advice for the week. So if you ever do that thing where you post like a profound or deep tweet on Twitter and then you take a screenshot of that and post it on Instagram, please stop, dude. Because first of all, it's it's lazy as hell. Like just take the time to go onto Canva, retype it up, and then post it. Secondly, dude, you know, everything, every kind of quote that you're gonna say now has already been said in some form by somebody else. You you didn't come up with shit. I don't come up with shit. Nobody comes up with shit. So stop 
Stop it. Just, just please, please. We gotta stop this. This is my mission for the rest of 2021 to stop this whole screenshot of tweets thing. It just, it just doesn't work, dude. But anyway, make sure to follow this podcast if you liked this pod, dude. And I'm assuming you did a little bit because you listened all the way through to right now. And if you didn't like it, but you listened all the way through till right now, dude, you gotta find some better shit to do with your life. Like maybe you could go to my YouTube channel and check that out, watch some of those videos. That'd be pretty dope, dude. Link in the description below. And that's it for this week's episode. I will see you all in the next one. Peace.